everyone watches women's sports. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone watches women's sports. Everyone. Everyone watches women's sports. Three, two, one, yeah! Everyone watches women's sports. The podcast. Welcome back. It is the first official episode of Everyone Watches Women's Sports, the podcast. Hope you all had a chance to catch Sabrina in the NBA All-Star Weekend three-point challenge against none other than Stephen Curry. What a performance. Um, she scored the same as Dame. He won, obviously, the NBA All-Star three-point contest, and Sabrina scored the same amount of points as Dame. Unfortunately, she did lose to Stephen Curry, but... Um, to be able to complete that contest with the same amount of points as the men's winner, I think is crazy. What an insane performance by Sabrina. Um, and what an insane performance just all weekend long by all the WNBA stars. Obviously, we saw Natasha Cloud. We saw Jewel Lloyd and so many other faces out there supporting. Um, Asia Wilson was on uh, Stephen A's coaching staff. Unfortunately, she did not get the win. Um, but so many WNBA faces all throughout NBA All-Star Weekend. Um, so I just love the attention that Sabrina is getting. And if you are watching the video, version. You can see my Sabrina shirt and my hype for her. Obviously, always got to show love to the Oregon alum when I can. Without further ado, I do want to want to get into a women's basketball-focused episode for today. We're going to be talking about NCAA women's basketball and a little bit of WNBA free agency to close out the episode. So, Let's get it started. Um, coming off the top, we are finishing out the last few weeks of regular season play in NCAA women's basketball um, before brackets are finalized and we head into March Madness. Obviously, we finally saw Caitlin Clark break the women's all-time scoring record against Michigan. Here's the thing. <clears throat> I don't think... Iowa will fare well in the tournament. Um, depending who they match up against, I see a definite possibility for Iowa to get sent home in the Elite Eight or even the Sweet 16 if they're not careful um, and if they're not on their best defensive game. So going back to that game against Michigan when Caitlin broke the scoring record, uh, Michigan did outplay Iowa defensively. The Wolverines had more defensive rebounds, more blocks, and more steals than Iowa. And if Iowa allows that to happen in the tournament against a team that is more effective offensively than Michigan, um, it could it could be troublesome for Caitlin and the Hawkeye. So um, best of luck to them. Best of luck to her. Um, I know she was obviously able to carry it pretty far. 
last year before losing to Louisiana State. I just, I don't foresee that happening again for Iowa this year. Like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up getting booted in the Sweet 16. So that brings me to our next topic, obviously, of South Carolina. Um, they remain, remain unbeaten. It is what it is. <laughs> um, they were without Camila Cardoso for two games while she was with the Brazilian national team. She did return for their matchup versus Tennessee uh, just a couple of days before this episode is being recorded. Um, during Cardoso's absence, Ashlyn Watkins stepped up tremendously and heavily contributed to South Carolina's wins against Missouri and UConn. I think, here's the thing, I think that South Carolina should want to see a loss before they head into March Madness. Um, March is certainly not the time that you want to decide to have a bad game. Um, so, you know, just considering the fact that all streaks come to an end, I think that South Carolina is coming due for a loss. And I, and I know so many others out there are curious to see if there's a team out there that can end up slowing down Dawn's adjustments and see her frustrated, kind of like we started to see her becoming against Tennessee. Um, it is possible to do. And um, unfortunately for everybody else, Dawn is really good at recognizing when to make those adjustments and implementing them. So um, if there's a team that that can adapt to her decision making, um, I think, I think we'll see South Carolina finally get shaken up a little bit. <clears throat> Most of the top 25 teams that still have five or six games left in their regular season. Um, so there's definitely going to be a lot to watch um, as there's going to be more rating shakeups and more electric performances as, um, you know, people vie for tournament seeds and um, kind of kind of see things shake out there. Um, so last and certainly not least, the final topic in the NCAA segment takes us into the WNBA portion of the episode for obvious reasons. Um, Paige Beckers from UConn, obviously, did announce at senior night just a few nights ago um, that she will be returning to UConn. Um, so this means that clearly she will not be in the upcoming WNBA draft in April. So this does change the way that WNBA free agency will pan out. And as many thought that Paige might end up in Chicago, um, that's obviously not going to be the case anymore. So it's now going to be a question as to whether or not somebody else goes in her place to Chicago and who that will be, obviously. So uh, moving on to the rest of the episode here, taking us naturally right into WNBA free agency, um, scooting right back to that third pick that Chicago has. Um, they got that third pick that's that resulted in the possible Beckers draft. They got that pick from Phoenix when they traded Kalia Copper and Morgan Birch for Brianna Turner and Michaela Onyanwede. So um, there has been even more movement in the unrestricted free agency list. 
And in addition to that Chicago Phoenix trade that I just mentioned, um, we also saw Natasha Cloud will head to Phoenix from Washington. And Diamond DeShields will go back to Chicago from Phoenix. And um, there's so much other movement going on. So we're just going to do a quick recap of everything that has happened and then revisit who we still have yet to see some movement from. Um, we also saw Tina Charles and Ariel Powers will both head to Atlanta. Then Courtney Williams will leave Chicago for Minnesota, along with her Chicago teammates, Alana Smith and Taylor Sule. Additionally, the Los Angeles Sparks, excuse me, have re-signed Laisha Clarendon and Ray Burrell, but... They will also be joined by Monique Billings and Taylor Mikesell, who are coming from Atlanta. Um, obviously, those two spots freed up the spots that Tina Charles and Ariel Powers, who I just mentioned, are going to be filling in Atlanta. We also saw a big storyline here uh, out of Washington, obviously with Elena Della Don. She has decided that she is taking a step back from basketball for the 2024 season. Um, but according to the most recent collective bargaining agreement, Washington still owns her contract. And so technically EDD won't be able to really make any moves unless Washington um, essentially approves them. So it will be curious to see what goes on with Elena Deladon in the future, um, whether that's a sign and trade or whether they just completely uh, move her altogether. So that's definitely going to be an interesting piece to watch over the next season or so. Obviously, there's no exact timetable as to when Elena or the Mystics will be making a decision for what comes next. So um, over in Connecticut, we also got an additional one year with Dewana Bonner. Um, she's resigning out there with the Sun, so she will rejoin her fiance Alyssa Thomas there and uh, join newly acquired Tiffany Mitchell from the Lynx and Mariah Jefferson from Phoenix. Uh, we saw, last but not least, obviously, a huge move in Seattle with them getting Skylar Diggins-Smith. Obviously, it has been highly anticipated where she was going to end up. There was talk originally of possibly Chicago, possibly Connecticut. Um, there was even a, even talk for just a second about Skylar possibly joining um, the Sparks in Los Angeles, but she did eventually settle on Seattle. She will be joining, obviously, Jewel Lloyd out there. I say out there like I'm not in the Pacific Northwest also, <laughs> just south from them here in Oregon. Um, but they will also be joined by Neka Agwumake, who will be coming from Los Angeles. Um, obviously, as I just mentioned, by if we're going by region specifically, I am a Seattle fan. Um, so I'm excited to see how these three veterans will be able to help Seattle get back into possibly championship contention after losing Brianna Stewart to the Liberty just last free agency and obviously the retirement of Sue Bird before that. 
Um, so I'm curious to see if these three big names in Seattle will be enough to compete with the Aces and the Liberty, as the expectation is that those two teams, the Aces and the Liberty, will be in a championship position again for the 2024 season. Um, we are still waiting on free agency news from several players uh, with some of the high-profile possible moves, or obviously re-signs, um, are expected to come from Brittany Griner, Shanae Ogwumake, Destiny Henderson, Amanda Zowiebee, and A.D. Durr. Those are just uh, kind of my personal five that I'm keeping my eye on and waiting to see some news from. And also just got word from a trusted source that there is going to be some more movement in Chicago. So that might break before this episode goes up so if it does you'll be excited <laughs> so that is all i've got for you for episode one we will be getting more into these topics and these moves as we get into obviously march madness with ncaa women's basketball and also closer to draft season um, with wnba free agency and everything that that involves. So obviously we have <clears throat> things going on in NCAA that are um, hindering what's going to go on with WNBA free agency and also the WNBA draft. Um, according to eligibility and rules, um, players have until I believe it's 48 hours after their last tournament game to declare. So as long as players have made it to March Madness and they are still alive, they do not have to make a WNBA draft declaration. So keep that in mind as we see things happen or not happen. Um, so as long as collegiate teams are still alive, we probably will not see any draft declaration from probably anybody else until the tournament concludes. Um, some of the big names in addition to Caitlin Clark include, um, let's see, Aliyah Edwards, obviously um, Paige Beckers made her announcement, as I mentioned earlier in the episode. Um, so there's a lot to anticipate um, in the collegiate world that will affect what goes on with the WNBA draft. So eyes and ears peeled, obviously come right back here for episode two in two weeks from now. I am working on getting a special guest on the show to talk more about what we covered today. Finalizing some details on that. So hopefully I can bring you guys an exciting perspective for all of these things going on in the NCAA and WNBA women's basketball world. So thank you as always for listening, supporting, watching if you're on YouTube. I appreciate you guys so much. And remember, it's not just a statistic. It's a movement. <laughs>